All right. Uh, welcome back, Highland Hunter Podcast, Episode 6. Uh, joined again today with Adam, Adam Kaiser. And uh, this was supposed to be initially just me babbling on by myself about the last season, uh, the bow the season. Adam decided to join last minute, so I've only got the one microphone hooked up right now, but uh, I did get new mics, so the audio should be a little bit better right now. And then once I can actually get these condenser mics figured out with this new audio interface thing that I got going on, it'll be HD audio quality instead of sounding like we're recording in a bathroom right now. So again, just, you know, bear with us. We're trying to work the kinks out with the audio. It doesn't sound too bad. Uh, no one's really complained too much about the audio sucking. So we're just going to record this session. Hopefully it sounds okay when we're done. Uh, so far it looks like it's recording okay though. So uh, Adam, thanks again for coming over. It's just easier to talk to somebody else instead of just myself in a computer screen. So uh, yeah, today it's Monday the 17th of October and yesterday was the last day of archery season here in Montana. So the last uh, episode that I recorded was Deer Diary, and that basically was just a recap, a uh, daily recap of those hunts that I went on. You know, I shot that whitetail buck, and I, I wounded it, and I, well, we went back, Adam and I went back that evening to try to find him. He was bedded down right where I had last seen him. I didn't get a shot. Um, he ran off. And then I went back the next morning to try to find him again. I didn't have any luck finding him. And then I, I had to leave for, for elk camp. And I was gone for five, six days down down in the, the breaks hunting elk. So that's kind of the last place we left you guys about a month ago. So just going to use today with Adam just to kind of recap on this archery season. And just kind of talk about the things that we learned from our season things we did right, things we did wrong, and uh, I don't know, how did you do? You Other than the antelope, that's the only thing I shot this year, but I got to watch, watch a bunch of other guys you know, shoot some stuff, had some buddies in town for about 10 days, they shot a couple muley does and a couple antelope bucks. Yeah, you spent, you spent most of your time, I was, I was surprised because I know how much you love the hunt but you also like to watch people hunt mm -hmm. or help people hunt. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Uh, I'll have almost just as much fun helping somebody else get an animal as myself, you know, if I were out to just go out by myself. Yeah. I carried um, a video camera more than I did a bow this season. Yeah. I mean, how many, there was four of you guys. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's all right. You, I mean, those guys came in from out of state to come hunt and, you know, fortunately, they already kind of know the area. The one guy, Nick, is already from the area, so yeah. he lived here for what six years, probably something like that. Yeah, six or seven years. So he knew what he was doing. Yeah, the other but, guy, uh, the other guy grew up with Nick, and then he just recently moved to Wyoming. So they both, neither one of them drew this year. The draws have kind of gotten out of control. The bucks for the buck tag. Bucks and elk. Yeah, they yeah. didn't draw anything they put in for, so they ended up with muley doe tags and. Um, Calico. Adam didn't draw an antelope tag. Nick did. So they, Nick had an antelope tag. But yeah, and then they had cow tags that they picked up. So we went in and camped for three days. Um, no shots. We got on elk a few times, but that was about it. How was the weather? That's why we only stayed three days. We got we got we kind of got froze out. Um, I packed in first. And the, um, there were two other Adams. Olsen packed in the next day. And then Nick and the other Adam packed in a day and a half later. And I left instructions either bring in the stove or bring in the nest for my teepee. And Nick brought in the nest, and we definitely needed the stove because it got below freezing. We had sleet and freezing rain, and uh, we got really cold that night, everybody, all four of us. And uh, it was kind of determined it was going to get 12 degrees colder the next night. So we bailed after that because we were going to freeze. We had no way to stay warm overnight. Oh, there's ways. Oh, we could have zipped all the sleeping bags together, and we talked about it, but, yeah. Those sleeping bags can hold, too. Oh, yeah. That was about the only option. Yeah, that, that would suck. Of all the things to forget, yeah. you forget the stove. Yeah. Not you. I'm talking to, to you, Nick. 
know you're listening to this podcast and critiquing every little bit of it. <laughs> he was more worried about snakes. He wanted the nest instead of the stove. But yeah. what is, wait, so what is the nest? So in the teepee, it's a the nest is it's a floor and then it comes up like 18 inches on the sides and then oh. it zips into mesh or it has mesh then it all zips together so it makes basically a double walled shelter. But if you don't have that, you know. Snakes can definitely crawl right underneath, and I've yeah. definitely worried about that before. But when it's getting down to 32 degrees, not a big concern. But that's all right. Well, you know what? You say that, and that's what I thought. But mm. when I went back to the brakes the second time, it was probably about 38, 39 degrees going back to the truck, and I just about damn near stepped on a That's how cold it was when you saw that one? Yeah. I've kept track of these things over the year, years, and I know like 60 degrees, I've seen them. Under that, I haven't. That's the thing. That's like, crazy. It was cold. I could, I could almost. I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure that night I could see my breath. Wow. And I was thinking the same thing. Like I'm now walking. I came off of a of a butte of like a bluff with some some timber on it, and then it drops down into the hills of sage, junipers, and um, clay. And I'm I'm not on a trail. And I'm like I'm gonna step on a snake. But at the same time, I'm going. It's too cold. Mm-hmm. And I shit you not, it was just probably 10, 15 minutes after shooting light, and you hear that, <laughs> and I, I've never jumped so far or so quick in my life, dude. Yeah. I jumped about three, four feet to my right, I juked it, it was a little Heisman maneuver, and then it curled up, it was a young snake, and I'm like, how, how, isn't it too cold? Yeah. And I don't know much about rattlesnakes, I've only... I've only seen a handful of them up here in Montana. It's always been in the hot days when mm-hmm. they're out in the sun. So that was probably just a fluke, but you know, I did the same thing going through the same type of terrain with Olsen last last year. And it was another small rattler. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I know that I definitely need to research is what do you do if you get bit by a rattlesnake? Because yeah. after that happened, I'm like, I really don't know. Are you supposed to take Benadryl? Are you supposed to elevate? Do you call 911? Benadryl and remain calm is all I've heard. But, you know, where well, you've been down there in those mm-hmm. breaks, like the nearest hospital for a drive, any type of medical facility, is an hour and a half plus. That's pro- It's probably more. It's probably closer to two because you still have to get back to your truck. Yeah. So you probably, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to give any medical advice because mm-hmm. I, I'm, what I'm saying is I have no idea what to do. I need to research that because that's one thing where I was like, I should probably know what to do if I'm going to hunt in rattlesnake country. Yeah. But, I mean, even a medevac, like if you took a medevac and they flew in a helicopter, like you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So if you guys don't know what to do with rattlesnake bites, that's probably something you should look into. It's probably like a 10 minute YouTube video that I just yeah. haven't watched. There's a couple podcasts I've heard on it. I wear snake gators quite a bit in archery season. Yeah. And some guys will make fun of you. But, well, yeah. because there's a lot of people that wear those because it looks, it kind of has like a more backcountry look to it. No, not even those gators. Not not like the snow or moisture gators. They're no. actual snake gators. Like you and I have them for the same reason. The green ones. Oh, yeah. The hard yeah, ones. Yeah. yeah. Those are actual snake gators. They'll okay. stop bites, supposedly. But yeah, they look ridiculous. Like, Brendan calls them. Yeah, my, those ones are pretty hard. Right? My stupid-looking like, um, knickers that I'm wearing. Shin guards. Yeah, like soccer shin but guards. But they're supposed to stop bites, and man, it just puts my mind at ease when I'm walking around that it's hot. Yeah. Because um, I've I've watched Nick step over a snake that he didn't know was there, and then I went to step, and the thing struck at me. And man, it's not a good feeling. I know you hate snakes. I don't mind. I hate snakes. them, and I find them everywhere. I don't like. They don't gross me out. I'll pick up a snake yeah. if it's non venomous but uh yeah it's just one of those things where i was like i don't know what i'm supposed to do Mm -hmm. if this were to happen so that's the only snake i ran into but yeah so he doesn't bring the stove you guys freeze your balls off yeah got fog it was windy it was foggy well we were fogged in we stood around made a fire we were uh standing around a fire until 11 30 in the morning drinking coffee we just kept making coffee after coffee and then finally it cleared at 11.30 in the morning. We jumped up on a ridge, bugled, cow called for a while, heard nothing, saw a black bear, couldn't go after it. It was 750 yards when we first saw it, and it was headed towards private. And uh, me and Olsen got on a couple bulls, 
Uh, had one working pretty well, but he never came in. And then had a cow and a calf that came pretty close to us. Almost got a shot, but we kind of decided we probably shouldn't shoot one here. It was in just an awful hole. And we had a guy lined up with horses and mules, but they, they wouldn't have been able to get there either. We'd have been packing, you know, to the top of the ridge multiple trips. So we just decided it wasn't a good place to shoot a cow. There's easier ways. Yeah, I, I've never hunted in there. Um, I've hiked in a little bit, but it's it's intimidating country because it's steep everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys have a hard enough time trying to find a place where you can set camp up in there. Yeah. So how many miles would it? I mean, three, four mile hike just to kind of get into where you guys camp. Well, just over three miles to set up camp, and then um, you don't find a whole lot in that drainage anymore because other guys have been in there. So then you're pulling another like 600 feet to get up on this other ridge. And then we were all the way to the bottom of that, another probably two miles out that drainage. And then that hole was just straight up where those elk were. We'd have had to come up over that ridge at a different angle, and it's horrible. And this year, I mean, the amount of guys in there is ridiculous. There's guys getting after it, hunting with camp on their back, you know. And we found a lot of little camps where you could just see where somebody laid down just for the night. It looked like just like a bivy sack where they crushed the grass down, made a little fire, and then they were gone. Like never saw another hunter, but a lot of sign of them. And the elk were definitely never pushed saw out. Them. Never saw anybody. See, that's what blows my mind is because from when when I'm looking into that area, it just looks like you're going to be on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, once you get in there, there's more hills and drainages and draws. But, like... You kind of look at it from the ground you're like I, that, that's kind of was always my thing it's like how can you have 20 hunters in there at one time and not run into each other or chase the same elk yeah so uh, looks are deceiving i guess it's bigger than it looks yeah. on the outside even on if you do a satellite image search like it doesn't look like there's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff in there to hunt but we ran into a bird hunter this year that said the same thing he's like you guys are hunting elk up there he's like isn't everything just like right there i was like what Go hike in there. Oh, you'll, you'll he find was out. down at the bottom. He yeah. hadn't gone in Go yet. hike in there. You'll find out how far and steep everything is. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've hiked the other ones. And, yeah, it's it, it does open up quite a bit. But, um, yeah, that's unfortunate. Were they So they were talking a little bit? A little bit. I got on a bull by myself one morning that he was talking, and I made my way to him. And it almost sounded like he was coming. But then he shut up and then met up with Adam. He packed in that morning. And then we got on that herd that had all those cows and that one bull. He was by himself. He was just cruising back and forth. We worked him for quite a while. And then after that, man, I don't think we heard a bull. Was third third week in September? Mid mid September, right? Yeah, second into third. I think you were so. right after I came back, mm-hmm. I think. I think so. I, d- I ended up going the second week of September this year. Um, I went solo. And the moon phase. I I say it every year. Plan my vacation when the it's not a full moon. And every year I go down there, it's a freaking full moon. And you'll you'll listen to people like Corey Jake, Jacobson, um, Randy Newberg, all these bigger big time hunters that hunt elk a lot. They everyone's got their own opinion on the moon phase. From what I've experienced in that area, because I only hunt that area. That's the only place I've really ever hunted elk. The moon phase, if it's a full moon, you get a half an hour in the morning and you get a half an hour in the evening. That's it. It. Other than that, you're there not moving around. The only other way you're going to get on elk in there, if it's not within that first half, half an hour, maybe an hour, is if they get spooked out by another hunter um, of their bed. If they get spooked by coyotes or mountain lions or whatever, if they're getting spooked and moving bed, or if you just spot them bedded up throughout the afternoon, I it's just you don't you have to make a play, and they shut up quick too. And most people, you've heard the same thing. They don't talk in the breaks. They talk, but they don't talk back, mm-hmm. or they they shut up or they don't respond to calls. As in, you'll cow call, he'll bugle, and then they just stay where they're at. They don't come into the call. And the problem that, I think the reason why that is is because the the brakes is so sparsely timbered 
that they're gonna see where the sound's coming from. If they don't see elk, it's not thick timber. You're not hunting high up in the mountains. You're not high hunting like Oregon or Washington style timber. You're hunting 15 feet between each ponderosa pine. And they're gonna be able to see right into where you're calling from. So you gotta get down deep into those drainages and, or you have to get within the red zone, that 100 yards. They, they do talk a little bit more if you're within that 100 yards, they do kind of come in and where's that coming from? But it's just such an ass kicker, dude. The, the brakes, it broke me. It broke me this year. Like mentally broke me. And I was in elk every day. At least that first trip. So I was gone for five days. I, I you know, we went, I went out that morning, Friday morning to go find that, give it one more try to find that whitetail buck. Couldn't find them. And then drove straight to the brakes. It took me like five hours to get there. And I didn't even set up camp. I said, I'll set up camp when I come home. It's always like the number one rule. Set up camp before you go out. Don't wait till you come home because then it's just going to be a disaster. I was like, screw that. It's 4.30. I've got maybe four hours to hunt, four and a half. I think sunset was probably around nine o'clock. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm going to get out there. It takes me like 20 minutes to get out to where I like to hunt. And within 12 minutes, I was texting you guys. 12 minutes from the trailhead, like, I'm already on elk. I, I spotted two spike bulls grazing at 4.30, which I was like, holy cow, like, it, the full moon, this is the first day, I was like, they're here, yes, there's no other hunters on the trail with me, there's no one There's no one parked at the trailhead, so I walk in, uh, it took me probably like 30 minutes to get within four or 500 yards of those two, and then when I got closer, it turned into about a dozen, and a bunch of cows, bunch of satellite bulls then the herd bull which i showed you pictures of i've posted it on instagram he was, he was pretty nice he was really wide but he wasn't super thick he didn't have a lot of mass on him but you knew he was the herd bull and then i snuck into like i think it was 130 140 yards i got from the herd and they looked like they were going to come out of the timber and take this drainage down to the bottom so I'm at the bottom of the drainage that leads right to them. I almost don't even need binoculars to just watch. I'm just watching them with my bare eyes, 130 yards away, and they start making their way down the drainage right to me. And I'm like, I can't believe this is, I can see the trails that they're gonna take. They all go right by me. It, there was a 20 yard trail, there was a 40 yard trail, there was a 30 yard trail, and the farthest trail that I could see was like 62. And they're already moving towards me. And then, of course, after sitting there for like an hour, I'm not making a peep. Because I know they're coming. My, why? Why even expose myself? I'm going to just ambush them from this spot. I got shooting lanes on left side, right side. Out of, out of nowhere, you feel a little tickle on the back of my neck. Like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, yep, here comes the winds to screw me over for this first hunt. And I looked straight down to the drainage like 80 yards I, I ranged at 80 yards I can see that herd bull had come down to 80 yards as soon as I felt that tickle I noticed him because he stopped he was moving and then he stopped and I was like oh shit he's right there he's gonna come 30 yards down this drainage um, and he stopped he puts his head up you can tell he's sniffing and he didn't run off he just was like no something's wrong I'm not gonna go this way so he turned around went back to his cows then I looked up like 15 minutes later, and there's a satellite bull doing the same thing, but he's coming in from the top. So I had him at 62, but I was like, why am I going to take this shot at 62 when I know he's he's on the trail? I can see the trail he's going to take. I'm not going to take that shot at 62 when I can take a shot at 40 or 30. Um, and I, you know, so I, I had a few. I was like inside of a juniper. Like, I had a juniper bush in front of me, and I was like, eh, I'm going to have to kind of take, like, an awkward shot at 62, so I'm just going to let him come down. He did the same thing. He came up, stuck his nose in the air, and then he just casually turned around and started walking back. And I was like, all right, I've got about 30 to 40 minutes left to shoot. And they're all still hung up on top of this little, this draw. So what I did was I just ran up the opposite side of that hill 
to get on the flat top side. And when I got up there, I was like, they should be right on the other side of this hill. There, I, I don't see any antlers yet, but I know that they're here. I can hear them eating. And I turn around because I saw a flash, and there's a calf. Eight yards, walking right to me. Then a second calf pops up. Ten yards, right behind him. And then a cow pops up. They all came up behind me. I had just over... I just went too far. Had I held up 20 yards sooner, I'd have a shot on three, four different elk. I mean, I had the shot on the, the calf and the cow, but I'm thinking like two hours, three hours into my first day, I'm, I've got an opportunity to shoot one of these bulls. And it just, it just fell apart too quick. Like those cows and calves, they, they, I actually had that, um, that decoy on the front of my bow that predator decoy i went up there i was like oh i could just blend in like a cow and the calf just hung out with me thinking it was mom the the satellite bulls never stopped they were 74 yards but i never had a shot um and i was in i stayed inside that herd i stayed with them for at least the, the next 30 minutes until it was too late to shoot and the prop i think the thing that i i should have just kind of pulled out and came up with a better game plan because I pushed the herd out. I pushed 30 elk out of that area because I did put pressure on them. Um, once they decided not to come down that draw, I should have just said, like, all right, I'm going to come back in the morning. They should still be in the area. And I didn't. I pushed it too hard. I got so excited. And I thought about it later, like, yeah, that's that's my problem is that I'm just too... What's the, what's the word? Over... Anxious. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking like, this is my favorite time of year. I'm surrounded by elk. I've got to mm -hmm. shoot one now. I've got to shoot one. i got to... I'm going to send pictures to my buddies tonight of horns on the ground, antlers on the ground, whatever. Mm. And no, I just... I got in I got in my head like... I just wasn't thinking right. So, I mean, I got an elk every day. I can't complain about it. I had a shot at 48 yards. I went to draw my bow back. Um, as I looked through the peep sight, there's a big old branch right between he and I. I mean, 10 feet from me, so it covers up my whole housing, and then his body's behind it. There's no shot. And then I spooked a couple elk out while hiking. I was putting on anywhere from 10 to 15 miles a day. I had a helicopter come fly over top of me as I was cow calling in uh, two bulls. And they spooked off. The one time that they were actually responding to my calls and running in, a freaking Blackhawk helicopter <laughs> comes flying over my head at 150 miles an hour, spooks them out. And then it was just like, I'm in my head. Like, I'm by myself. I'm not talking to anybody all day. Uh, the, I think it would be different if I wasn't an elk every day. Because it's like, no, I'm just doing something... Like, I can get closer, this is what I got to do, figure out a game plan. But when you're in elk every day and you're within easy shooting ranges and it's not coming together, I just got in my head like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? Why, why is there a bull at 48 yards that I can't shoot? Why is there a bull at 30 yards that I can't shoot? Why didn't I shoot that cow or calf the first night? Hmm. And then... Uh, so yeah, I mean, I just got in my head. Um, the fifth day came around and I looked at the weather and rain was supposed to come in for the next three out of four days. And we, like I've said before, when you're in the breaks, it's not a place you want to be when the rain comes in. So I said, you know what, I can't do... The, the sixth day was going to be 30 to 40 mile an hour winds and rain, which means I'm stuck in my truck all day. There's no hunting. You're just not going to be able to move around in that country. And uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to go home. I'm going to hunt deer. And I hunted deer for the rest of my, my leave. Um, have you ever, had, like, have you ever psyched yourself out yeah. on these hunts? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. <clears throat> it just sucks. Yeah. I've done it for other reasons with, like, backpack hunting. Like, I can't sleep on a sleeping pad. I don't know what it is. I'll wake up every single hour of the night. And after a couple nights of that, if things aren't going the way you want them to or you haven't killed anything, your mind will just start making making excuses like, I'm going to go home and regroup. And then, you know, you're bailing out of there. 
Yeah, I mean, you wanna you wanna say that you've got the mental fortitude and strength to mm-hmm. stay out and like be the hunter that you think you are, but mm-hmm. then I don't know, man. Like the solitude of being out there, and then the constant. I don't know if you can call them setbacks, but the constant like, why is this not coming together? Mm-hmm. How how is it that I can be so close yet so far from taking one of these animals? They sh- they're smart, but I'm smarter. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> they're an animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just man. They're tough animals to hunt, and that's part of the addiction of hunting elk mm-hmm. with a bow. If he had, if I had a rifle in my hands. I'd have a three fifty bull on my wall right now. First mm-hmm. night. Cool. Like Yeah. Every year. Every year. <laughs> every that's, year. Almost yeah. like I'd have a Boone and Crockett antelope, I'd have you yeah. know, an elk and a deer every year if you were carrying a rifle when you're carrying a bow. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's just so much different with the bow. Uh people that don't bow hunt, people that don't hunt don't understand mm-hmm. like how difficult you know, and my my wife said he she said it a couple times where she's like, "Why, you've gone out all these days, you haven't shot anything yet." <laughs> <laughs> do you think that I'm just out there doing nothing? Yeah. What do you think I'm doing? I'm trying to shoot something. Mm. It's not as easy as it sounds. Like. <laughs> You might see these guys that you follow on Instagram that have new trophy pictures every other week. It's not like that. That's not reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, Public land bow hunting in Montana is like 5% for elk. 5% success rate for elk. Now, are there guys that do it every year? Yes. Are there guys that do it on public land every year? Yes. Those guys put in 10, 12, 14 days sometimes. Sometimes you get lucky. Two years ago when I shot this one right here, I got lucky. Mm-hmm. It was the first day. Um, and I spotted him, bedded down in the afternoon, and I went in. I got within his red zone. He got up to graze a little bit. I did two cow calls, and he came into 30 yards broadside, and I shot him. Yeah. That was it. I mean, yeah, it takes skill to get in and like get in there quiet, but uh, I mean, that was that was luck. It was a little bit. Of, it was it was both. Hmm. I don't want to put myself down too much like it did take some work obviously but sometimes you just it just works out like that yeah the last bull i shot i hiked and hiked and hiked i didn't know what i was going to do that day whenever i left the house and then i decided i was going to go up for elk and hiked and hiked and hiked laid down took a nap hiked even higher kept going got to a point right before like you know three four o'clock in the afternoon when elk should come out and uh they did there was a big herd bull and some cows they popped out 1,500 yards away, and then satellite bull popped out. I started cow calling. He came on a string. It's on video. He came all the way to me, and I shot him like it was supposed to happen. Is that the one um, The one that died right behind that single tree? Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah that's a good video. Yeah. It's actually kind of funny um, watching that video and the shot because just the way your camera set up, it doesn't look like you have a shot because mm-hmm. your camera's down. It must have been low on a tripod. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I hear the bow go off. And I was like, when I first watched it, I'm like, what is he shooting at? <laughs> oh, he's three, four, five feet away to yeah. the left, standing higher. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Yep. Now that was a cool video. That, that was one was how like, far was that shot? Wasn't it like seventy? Nice. It was over 60, 62, 64, something like that. That's a good poke. Yeah. Sometimes it just works out like that. Other times you've got helicopters buzzing over you and screwing you up. But um, I did go back. I went back two weeks after that on my days off. I left right after work, you know. So at best I'm going to get a day and a half to hunt. And I couldn't... Dude, there were so many hunters out there. And I saw saw more hunters than elk because I didn't see any elk the first day. And that's just a kick in the ass. Like, I drove all this way for a day and a half, and I hiked 17 miles that day. I didn't even spook an elk out of there. Hmm. I didn't see a single elk. I didn't hear a single elk. Uh, You know, you go out in the morning, they're usually, you can throw out a locator bull in some of these bulls that I hunt, and there's almost always something in the distance somewhere 
responding. Um, nothing in the morning, nothing in the evening. Went to bed, woke up the next day, went back out there again because this area that I hunt, they, they tend to do like a, like a big circle. So there's three different areas that they like to go to. So if they're not in A, they might be in B or C. So you just have to kind of wait it out and they'll be back. They just migrate around in a big circle. And uh, so that second morning I go out, I throw out a bugle, uh, nothing. And I'm like, you know what? There's got to be at least one in here. There has to be. Because they're, they're just... I've never been in there and not seen elk consistently like that, where two days in a row you don't see anything. So I was like, all right, gloves are off. I'm going to cow call. I'm going to calf distress call. I'm going to bugle. It's going to be a big old rut fest in here. I'm going to rake the tree, and I'm going to see if something comes in. And I did that for an hour. Not, I mean, not continuous, but I sat in there for an hour after all those calls. Um, nothing. Nothing comes in. So I'm like, screw it. I'm done. I'm checked out. Like, there's nothing in here, and I don't have the time to go find them. I did 17 miles a day before I'm freaking beat. So I get my stuff, and I turn around, and I get up to the top. I'm just about to come out of this bowl, and I look up, and there's three hunters glassing the same stuff that I'm glassing. And I was like, ah, oh, god damn it. Like, all right, whatever. Let me go talk to them. Super nice guys from Billings. Um, and I'm just like, hey, man, I'm leaving. Like, here's everything I know about the area. You know, I hope you guys get them. They only had, like, a day or two left uh, anyways, but I was like, I didn't hear anything, I didn't see anything, and they're like, well, there's three more hunters on the other side over there, and I was like, yeah, I'm done. I was like, I just can't be in here with this many people. I mean, then you're all chasing the same milk, mm -hmm. especially if you're not seeing them. So I, I talked to those guys for like a half an hour, and it was, it was kind of funny because I was like, I was like giving them all this information, and I was like, listen, man, like, I don't care, like, I'm leaving, good luck, I hope you get one, you know? And I'm, I, I think I said to him, I was like, I just wish like a bone would get thrown my way one, just one time. Because I've helped people and actually seen people take elk out of there because of the tip that I give them. Like, uh, quick example, like a couple of years ago, I went down there to help Aaron, uh, your buddy, mm -hmm. go get a cow. I didn't have the tag. Um, but I was like, hey, man, I know where they're at down there, so let's go. And we go out there opening day and we just about get down to this bowl. And there's this, there's this older guy, not old, he's like 50, mid-50s, um, and his son, teenager. They're from, I don't know, Nebraska? They were out of state. And I said, um, you look lost. They're out, they got a paper map out. This is Onyx Maps and Base Map. All those apps are well established at this point. And I'm like, you guys look lost. And like, yeah, we're from this, we're from out of state, and... I drew this tag by accident, and I was like, hold on a second. You you drew this rifle tag for a bull by accident. For those of you that don't know, about five to 6,000 people a year put in for this area, and they have 25 tags. This guy, non-resident, they have like five tags. Hmm. He draws it by accident. He picked the wrong one. He's like, I was going to put in for the bow season. I picked, you know, the 20 instead of the 21, and I got it. And I'm like, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all right, he's with his son. They drove all this way. F fuck it. I don't have a bull tag. I already had my chance in, in archery season here, and I didn't get one. I'll, I'll help him out, you know? You should have done your research, but I'll help him out because it is hard to figure out. I said, here's a GPS point. Get over there. Take this route. Set up on this point, and I guarantee you within the next hour, you're probably going to see an elk. Probably. Oh, man, I really appreciate it. That's awesome. Yeah, we're going to go that way. He takes off. Aaron and I go the other direction to go find some cows. Um, this, the, the, the place that I sent him off to, I almost never see cows in. I, it's like always bulls. It's just one of those weird... I don't know why. Um, so Aaron and I go the other way. And like an hour goes by and I, I turn around and I glass up into that timber line where I told him to sit and you can see him up there. And he's, 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 in, he's aimed in on something. And you just hear, pow! And I'm watching, I'm like, holy shit, no way, it worked. And you see him high-five his kid. And I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. You know, I, hope, I, I told him, I said, do not shoot anything under 300. And even three, like, there's big bulls in here. It's a very hard tag to get because there's big bulls mm. in here. So 
I don't know. I never saw what he shot because Aaron and I actually, I think we did shoot one that same day, um, a cow. But yeah, so I got off track. But yeah, so I was like, I wish someone would just throw me a bone because I've handed out so much information to guys out here. So I grab my shit, start walking back to the trail. I'm like 10 minutes from the truck. And I stopped to just take, get a drink of water and just look out in the flats like maybe they're pushed out in the flats. Don't see anything. Put my binos away. I see a flash of something to my right. I look over 200 yards away. There's a bull. Probably 280, 290. And he's staring my direction on the move. And then he turns around and goes over the hill. And I was like, did he see me? Is He doesn't look spooked. He, just, he looks like he's on scent. I was like, fuck. Like, all right, I'm out here. I'm, I'm already in the mindset of I'm going home. So I'm like... Uh, he's on the run. You're never going to catch an elk. I'm just going to go to that hill that he ran over and see if he just bedded up over there or if he's gone. So I get up to that next hill. He's not down there, but I look up. I see three more bulls going from my right to the left directly towards my truck, right, headed right to the trailhead. At this point, there's only two small timber patches, and then it goes to flat. I was like, where are they going? So those other hunters that we saw must have spooked him out. So I was like, holy shit grab my shit. I run down. I'm in the flats. I have no cover other than hills. So I get behind some hills and I'm watching them. They're still on the move. I'm about 250 yards from them. And I get into a small patch of like three ponderosa pines and a couple of big junipers. I start cow calling with a decoy. And they turn, they look at me and they're like, nah, no, no interest. I'm like, this is like mid rut, supposedly. They keep going grab my shit, I go to where I last spot them. They were on the move. They did not look like they wanted to get down, right? I get there and I was like, they, they're right here. They were. I don't know where they went. Grab some water, look to my right. There they are, 60 yards away, standing up, looking right at me. Boom, they bust out. I'm like, come on, <laughs> really? They were just like, not had no indication of slowing down. And they bed up right there. I was like, shit. So I cow call. They stop. Now they're 100 yards. And then they kind of do that like, ah, that hesitation, pull away. And then they kind of like bounce off, you know. They run right by my truck. Three feet from my truck, I shit you not. I can <laughs> see my truck from where I'm at. And I threw out, I think, like three or four cow calls. And then, so those three bulls run away. And a fourth bull shows up coming into my call right for me. And that's where I'm like, it's going to happen. And it's going to happen a quarter mile from my truck. And that bull comes straight up to me. He's coming right into this draw. I've got my arrow knocked. I've got good cover. I've got good wind. And I see him. I range him. 80 yards still on the move. He's going to come right up the trail. I can see the trail he's on. He disappears behind some thicker shit. And gone. then he's just gone. He just disappeared. <laughs> I never saw him come out. I did eventually, like 20 minutes later. I sat there 20, 30 minutes, and then he, I saw him like five, 600 yards away going over the hill. I was like, all right, now I'm going home. <laughs> he ran right back to those three hunters, and um, that guy actually got a hold of me on Facebook because he saw my post the other day, and he was like, yeah, I saw those bulls. I was hoping you could, uh, you could get on them. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I almost did, but that's that's... That's elk hunting, man. Like, yeah. what? I'm sure you've had a ton of experiences like that. Yeah, I've had elk at seven yards that I didn't get a shot at. And then you have to go and explain that to your wife. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you were gone for ten days, and you had one that you could have stuck with a knife. Yep. And you didn't. Yeah. Trust me, I tried. <laughs> and that's yeah. That's why when I came came back from all that. You know, I shot a I shot a small doe. I think he was a year and a half. You're saying he was a fawn. Mm. He was a button buck. Um, I shot him at uh, 43 yards, and but that was like, I was like, I'm if I have a shot on anything at this point, I'm taking it because I'm sick of going home empty-handed. Mm -hmm. And that was like the one, um, the one hunt where like you know when you spot an animal and you try to put the play in your head, I need to do this so this can happen. 
it's the only time it's ever actually gone like 100% of the way exactly how I thought it would, how yeah. I wanted it to. I was like, holy shit, I can't believe it worked. So I shot him, her. It's a doe. It's a doe tag. <laughs> it's a boy doe. It's a boy doe. Huh. Um, you can't tell from that. I mean, yeah. I could barely tell. I, I knew he was small. Um, I knew it was a small deer, but I wasn't. They look a lot bigger when you're lying on your belly looking uphill. Yeah. It's still a doe yeah. tag. It's still a doe tag. And uh, I got that. Doe hunting is fun. Watching those guys stalk those muley does for days on end. Yeah. And there was definitely some carbon fired. Just stalking. You're one buddy. <laughs> Another Adam. <laughs> yeah. He had some uh, carbon released. We'd go back after dark and find his lighted knocks. Okay, but he had an issue with his equipment, right? Isn't that what the issue was? The, uh, the one day he did, yeah. We found out that, yeah, his he had put a wrist strap on his bow and it was pushing against his watch, which was pushing everything up on his arm, mm. and his drop-away rest was actually sitting against it and it wouldn't let it drop. Yeah, we videoed him in slow-mo and you could see his arrow kicking. Hmm. Right off the bat. Oh, yeah. Bad. And then he took that off, and then he was okay. And then it was just a matter of deer ducking him, deer doing the matrix. He had one stand-up, you know, looking at him and... It was like that split second as he's like pushing the trigger, it's spinning. And it just shot right in front of it like the Matrix. He had another one duck him. Just, yeah, there were a few. He That's, ended up, he got one then, but. He had to work for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had to sharpen some broadheads and change some blades. That is so frustrating. Yeah. Nick shot a doe. Adam got a doe. Um, the other Adam shot his first antelope with a bow. That was cool to watch. We got that on video. Nick dropped a bomb, didn't he? Nick like dropped a bomb on his 70 antelope. Yeah, 76. Shot? Yeah. Nick practices a lot. He does yeah, a lot he of, does. A lot of those. Uh, he's got the same sight, right? That adjustable five pin? No, he's got a seven pin spot hog. Oh, Jesus. No, so he's been he shooting that forever. He just, seven I don't pin. know. He just knows his pin gapping and knows where to hold. He can shoot. Yeah. yeah, Nick's a good shot. Total archery challenge. He hits a lot of those every year. But yeah, we got that one on video. That buck was cool. That was a nice buck he shot. Yeah. Olsen's buck was cool. That was his first. Um, yeah, stalking does is a ton of fun. All those different stocks we had. That was a lot of fun, especially carrying the camera. Because, you know, you let the guy... I'm not going to blow a stock for anybody just because I have a camera. So, yeah. like, I'll let them do the crawling. Once they get 20 yards ahead of me, you know, I know I can do it. Wait for the wind. Then I'll crawl up 10 yards and get behind them. But, yeah, it was, it was funny a couple times. You know, does popping up 10 yards to the left of where the shooter is, and he's looking straight ahead, and I see it, but he doesn't because I'm back further. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I went, I went out a few times for after those does, but it was just a really tough... Uh... I couldn't get close to does for the first few hunts that I tried. Um, main, uh, I went out a lot for those for bucks, right? Once I came back from that first elk trip, I went out to try to find that whitetail buck again. I never saw him. Um, and then I think after like three or four days of just buck hunting and then having opportunities, I had whitetail does that I could have shot because I had the tag. Um, just passed them up because I knew there was bucks. And I was like, all right, I don't care. The first thing that gives me a shot is getting shot. But it was those those mule deer, when I shot them in the, those rocks, the Jerusalem rocks, they blend into those rocks so good. I walked up 30 yards from deer that I had no idea were there. And they were just like, eh, I'm out of here, peace. It's like, shit, I wouldn't even see you. There's a shit ton, there's a shit ton of dill and deer in that area but um yeah it was it was fun i liked it uh, it was nice to actually shoot something and then um yeah i i just eventually the the season worked out for me because i just shot my buck on tuesday last tuesday or monday um what is today yeah so about a week ago i shot my buck a week ago it was opener for an rifle antelope. Both of our wives had tags. Your wife shot hers on opening day, mm -hmm. right? In the afternoon. 
Um, congratulations, Bethany, if you're listening to this. She, if she is, she definitely hasn't gotten this far in the podcast. <laughs> she shut it off by now. Uh, my wife shot one on Sunday, and that was actually another hunt that pretty much worked out exactly like I thought it would. We're going to drive out to the spot. We're going to go to the state land, and they should be there. And they weren't in that exact spot. They were like a mile further north, but they were on state. And then it just it just worked out perfect. Um, we even brought the, the kids with us, and that was interesting. I feel like it kind of worked to our benefit because they're four years old, so they're only this tall. They're only three feet tall. They were walking around and going, look, there's a deer. Look, there's a deer. I'm like, sit down, be quiet, don't move. And the does, the antelope does that came up behind us were like, oh, small people, like small animals. Because we're sitting down and then these two are just like scampering around. And they came up to us, like 120 yards. And that drew in her buck. He came off private on the state and she got a shot on him and killed him. So it worked out. So we came home and then I was like, this is my last day to hunt deer because I work straight through till the end of the season. And I went out, um, and I, I was, I, I told you, I, I had some type of injury, or I was sick or something. I had full body aches, and I was like, it's my last day. You know, my I've got weakness in my arms, but I can draw on adrenaline. I know I can. Hmm. Like, I'll just, oh, there's a buck, and I'm just, it's just going to happen, right? I took some medicine in the morning. I took an Advil, and didn't realize that I took Advil PM. So I get out to the spot where I told you I was going to go first thing in the morning, and I'm just like, I can't even get out of the truck. I was like, what is wrong with me? I want to get out and hike. I'm like, I can't. I'm beat. So I, I basically road hunted. I just tried finding animals from the road that I could. I didn't want to go walk two miles in to find nothing. So I was like, I got to find them first, and then I'll go in. So uh, I just think I drank a coffee, had an energy drink, and I was finally feeling good enough to get out of the truck. And... I went to go check this one spot where I had seen, don't ask me this logic, I saw bucks there a month and a half ago in velvet and was like, I'm going to go there. It's been a month and a half. Like, they're not going to be there. And it was off the side of the road. They were just bedded up there for no reason. They don't normally bed up there, you know? I was like, screw it. I'll go check it out. And I get out there and sure enough, there's three bucks I think I saw right away. And they were about 100 yards off the road in a creek bed, dried up creek bed. And uh, I was like, all right, I'm just going to sign into this BMA. It was right on state, borderline BMA. Um, screw it, like, give it a shot. It's like 9 o'clock in the morning. And I went in there. I stalked them for three hours, four hours. And I, so I was on my hands and knees. I was crawling on my stomach. I took the shoes off. I did everything checking all the boxes that I like to check to get close to those animals. And um, at this point, I'm just like, I'm freaking tired. I've been doing this. The sun's coming out now. Uh, I've been doing this for a month and a half or however long the season's been. I'm beat. I am perfectly content with not shooting a monster or a big buck. I'll shoot this one that's in front of me, which was, he was like a three by four or four by four, but his forks were only maybe two inches shallow, two or three. And he was inside the ears. I'm like, screw it. And uh, a quick note, earlier that morning, I went back to that BMA where I had injured that whitetail, and I saw him again. I found him. He's alive, and he's doing well, and he's very spooky. And it was just weird the way that morning worked out because I went out to where I thought I would find those. I went out to the same place where I shot him, um, not thinking that I'd see him, just maybe thinking I'd see a white-tailed deer. Um, and I see two coyotes running around. I was like, nah, there's no deer in here. As I'm about to turn around, I saw another flash, and there's this white-tailed buck running right to me. And it's that buck. I could see the big pink scar on his shoulder. I was like, holy shit, he's coming right to me. So I knock this arrow. Um, I get on my knees. I see his antlers coming up the hill, 49 yards. I ranged it, and I'm about to go draw back. And my foot, like, hit my backpack or something as I turned. And just that noise, he turns busts out of there 70 yards broadside and i was like ah i fucked up the shot at 60 should i really take a shot at 70 and i'm just like this is this is a bad idea don't do it <laughs> don't you pull that bow back i'm like 
forcing myself not to pull the bow back. I'm 70 yards. I'm not going to do it. He didn't even give me the opportunity. He takes off. So I was like, I was like, that kind of like cleared it in my head. Like, oh, thank God. He's alive, right? I feel like it was almost, um, like my season was extremely difficult until that point. Because two hours later, I'm stalking these deer 65 yards I get, and I'm about to shoot a buck. And uh, as I stood up to shoot that one muley, that small muley, um, I stood up, I had my arrow knocked, and that st standing up motion, it spooked up a couple of 4x4 muleys to my left, 50 yards away. I had no idea they were there. And they were just outside their ears. They, they looked identical, both of them. They both were 4x4s with brow tines. They stand up, they come out of this dried up creek bed. They're standing broadside, hard quarter away. And I just went to immediate draw. I just guessed, I was like, eh, 40 yards. Put the pin a little high because I knew they weren't closer than 40. Um, shot it, it went right through the heart, ran 100 yards, and he died. And then I had to deal with dragging his ass 200 yards to the nearest road. But he, I mean, he wasn't far from the highway. Um, but I had to work for it, you know, like, and it, it just worked out perfect. So, uh, per, I mean, I was stoked to shoot that buck because I was perfectly content on shooting that smaller one. Like, I would have been happy with the smaller one. So it, it all came together for me in the end. Um, that was the last day I could have hunted. Uh, I smoked myself doing it. Uh, I was tired this season. I put in a lot of miles. On, I put a lot of miles on my feet. And then, um, did did you get within range of any bucks this this year? I saw two bucks the entire season that I wanted to go after, and I screwed up. The only stock I was gonna go on, I was watching them, and it was on a real steep downhill up in the mountains, and. Lost him for a little bit. I stepped out from behind the pine tree. I was watching him from. So now I'm in the, in the sunshine. And I'm looking for him. And then my eyes adjust. And he's in the shade staring at me. At like 240 oh, yards. So it was over before it even started. But And the other one was. There was no play. And plus we were hunting elk that day. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't find. Uh, when Nick and McKay were here. We did find the one day we hiked into an area and we were up high and we found 12 bucks together and they were working kind of our way but they're like two miles and they eventually dumped into a big drainage and we waited and i'll call mckay out he shot missed two does on the way to this buck what a loser <laughs> <laughs> two different does we got over there Just and kidding. that drainage is big like once they dumped in they could have went you know left or right and we never found them again so mm -hmm. i don't know where they went and then me and no i guess it was by myself last week i went back out there and didn't find any of those bucks with the full moon like you said i glassed up three deer at daylight for the first hour and a half and then just started hiking and hitting those different cuts glassing and then found over 30 deer but no big bucks everything was bedded curled up like labs sleeping but didn't find any big bucks do you have um do you have different expectations on the size that you'll shoot with your bow? I, well, so you, you're you in a little bit of a different situation because you drew a special tag for deer for rifle season, and there's big deer down there. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine your mindset is it has to be a big enough buck that I can't shoot down with my rifle, to, or are you not going to be picky? No, I've kind of gone that way the last couple of years. Like I didn't fill my tag last year because I never, I never found anything that I wanted to shoot. I've kind of just I'm focusing on that upper upper end deer. Yeah. Like the one you shot a couple of years ago. Oh, he's upstairs. Upstairs. Yeah, and it didn't hurt me last year not to fill that tag. But this year, yeah, I'm still I'm holding out something bigger. And yeah, that area I drew the tag in definitely has potential, so I hope you get one. Yeah. They're out there. They're just mm -hmm. There's I I have not seen the caliber of bucks this year that I saw last year and the year before. Um, a couple nice whitetail bucks that I've seen, but um, the mule deer, most of the mule deer, I'll be honest, um, the one that I shot is probably one of the bigger ones I've seen this year, and he's not a big buck. 
Mm-hmm. He's just a standard four by four brow tined. Um, that private property that I have, there are some large framed bucks on. I don't know how big they are for sure, but um, hopefully the wife can get one of those. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was a weird year. Like the deer were not where they've been the last couple years. Mm-hmm. Every like they've been pushed out. It's the drought, you know. The droughts ruined a couple of these block management areas. If, and then they put cattle on it, and it just pulverizes everything. Um, so the food sources have changed. The water sources have changed. The heat pushed them all over the place. A lot of the bucks I've seen are on private, but they're just not. I, you know, water does play into antler growth, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's what the reason why, because we're still in a drought. Yeah. But um, I hope you find the one you're looking for, and that that tag that you've got, uh, you should. There's good caliber deer in there. Yeah. So. The. Uh, yeah, I think youth season is Thursday, Friday this week. Opening day Saturday. You have to work. Yep. I have to work, but I'm 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 tagged out. I can take the wife out. Ooh. But um, yeah, we'll probably get out Sunday. Yeah, I don't know where yet, but we'll figure something out. Hopefully, find a big one. So, are you gonna try to rifle hunt for elk at all? I might. Yeah, try to shoot a cow. Cause I need some elk meat. You don't hunt uh, bulls with your rifle. Maybe. We yeah, we'll see. I usually don't, cause I spend all my vacation right. time bow hunting. Yeah, exactly. And then, as far as deer goes, I don't know. The pressure's so high. Like, even just antelope. Man, the pressure was crazy. Just antelope hunting this year. The amount of guys, they only give out like 75 tags for the unit we're in. And it was crazy to see the amount of people out. And, I mean, where my wife killed her antelope was 1.9 miles, is what we had to pack that thing out. Which I wanted to hunt some bigger country, get away from the roads a little bit. But just the herds were running everywhere. Just, it's insane how many people are hunting. It's like everybody's hunting the same spot. Well, there's only so many places where we're at to hunt. Mm-hmm. You've got you got a lot of people coming from out of county. I mean, it's a you want to complain about it. It's all public land in the end. You can hunt where I go five hours away to hunt elk. You know, um, we do get a lot of out-of-staters and a lot of people from different counties from hours away but it kind of pushes everybody into the same hunting areas you're basically on top of each other but I have I have noticed that if you just get out of the truck and walk in a mile because some of these block managements are five to ten miles wide almost Mm -hmm. I mean you can take it takes you quite a while to get through an entire BMA from one side to the other um you're not going to see everything from the road. I've not had any issues. Once I get out there, I, I hardly ever see anyone. So it's a little kind of, uh, it's annoying to be like leapfrogging people that are glassing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in your truck and you stop to glass and then the truck passes you as you're glassing and he stops 200 yards down the road and then you go and pass him and you stop 200 yards mm-hmm. down the road. You're like you're hunting the same stuff with like eight other dudes. Yeah. That's the only downside of limited access. But um, no, it should be. I, I hope you guys, you and Olson and Gallagher, everybody finds something really good this year. Uh, my wife, Bethany's going to hunt, right? Mm-hmm. So your, your wife. Yeah, we'll be going out probably Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. So, um, yeah, no, that was that was our season. Um, a lot of a lot of ups and downs, more downs than up until, for me at least, until like the last day, it was mostly downs. I, I don't know. It's it's hard to like how do you how do you describe like what do you define as a down? Like with that first episode and the first times we've talked on these podcasts, it's like how do you define that level of success? If I'm in elk every day, even though I don't shoot one, did I was I successful? Hmm. Yeah, I guess. More so, I, more so than me, because there were more days than not that I wasn't finding elk. Yeah, so I it's like it's hard to complain. Yeah. I can't really complain about anything. I was in elk. I could have shot an elk the first day, and I choose, chose not to. Hmm. 
but it was I don't know. I don't want to shoot a calf. Yeah. Especially two hours into the first day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it, I don't know. Even like I know we all give each other shit because it's just fun and we're friends, but mm-hmm. it's like I'm thinking like if I shoot this calf and you guys say it like oh, I'll sh- if it's brown it's down if it's brown it's down you didn't have a cow tag there right no so that's your elk that's tag. my elk the difference tag. is i have a cow tag so i have shot calves <laughs> okay yeah if yeah. i had the cow tag then it would have been a different story right but for that to be like my either sex tag yep. if i shot a calf two hours into my first day you guys would ride you guys would ride <laughs> me pretty hard <laughs> give me shit about that and you know it would have been a bull calf yeah, like, <laughs> so there's no winning with these guys. But, uh, yeah, yeah um, that's probably, I mean, that wraps it up for me. Yeah. That, that was. We'll get back to you here in a week or so when everybody's killed deer. Yeah, hopefully. I know my brother's coming out for a cow elk tag, um, which is only good on private land in a certain hunting district, and we do have, we don't have any access yet. So, um, I don't know what I have to do. Uh, might be time to get the knee pads out, but uh, I don't know. We'll find something. And yeah, good luck everybody for uh, Montana's opening rifle season. A lot of other states have seasons that are opening this week too. Um, different, like I don't know, New York and Pennsylvania. They all have these weird seasons with like one is archery, then it's crossbow, then it's muzzleloader, then it's rifle, mm-hmm. then it's shotgun. All these different yep. weird stipulations, but. Everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, reach out to us if you got any comments on the podcast or if you need any help with anything, um, questions related to hunting, whatever it may be, reach out to us. Um, you should already know the Highline Hunter Instagram page. Adam14Kaiser is your Instagram page. And go check out the YouTube channel, Highline Hunter or Adam Kaiser. And thanks again for listening.